What makes a great leader great? How do we create a high-performing team? And when we say leader, we mean everyone, because everyone is leading their own life. Will yours be a life by design or a life by default? Those are the big questions, and this podcast will answer them. Welcome to the Becoming Your Best podcast, where we help you apply the 12 principles of highly successful leaders, because great leaders will produce great results. Welcome to all of our Becoming Your Best podcast listeners, wherever you may be in the world today. This is your host, Steve Schallenberger, and we have an international guest with us today, hailed as the modern equivalent of Dr. Zeus, a fellow of the Royal Society of Arts. He was named one of the world's 50 most talented social innovators and has received more than 112 awards, including the prestigious Peabody Award. Like, that is fantastic. Ferdos Karras, welcome with our show today. Thank you, Steve. It's a pleasure to be here. We're so excited to have you. And before we get started today, I'd like to tell you just a little bit more about Ferdos, and then uh, he's going to tell us about himself, I hope, as well. Let me just indicate that he founded the Chocolate Moose Media in 1995 to create human-centered mass communications to influence hundreds of millions of lives across the world. Over a billion people in 198 countries via 390 languages, pushing 400, maybe he's already hit that. I didn't know he, Kurdos, had that many languages in the world. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we have a lot more, actually. (laughs) Oh, Oh, great going. Well, many people have seen his work. It's going to be fun to visit together with him. To get us going today, tell us about your background, including really any turning points in your life that has really led you to where you are today? Well, thank you, Steve. Well, I was born in India, in Calcutta. And I think one of the big turning points in my life is meeting Mother Teresa when I was about eight years old. I met her several times because my mother was the head of a national non-governmental organization in India. And she used to work with Mother Teresa long before Mother Teresa was internationally famous. And so I remember meeting Mother Teresa and going into this room where uh, many people were dying on cots. And that gave me, looking back on it, I think gave me my first impression of working outside of one's comfort zone for the benefit of others. I then left India after high school. I came to Western Pennsylvania, did an undergraduate there, a four-year degree in three years. I interned for the UN Information Center in Washington and worked for the House of Representatives in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, and then came to Canada to go to graduate school. I then started traveling, went to Africa for the first time after graduate school, worked for a while doing my own consulting work. Then at the age of 26, I was appointed executive director of the United Nations Association in Canada, which is the world's second largest. Then worked for, after doing that for five years, worked briefly for the Minister of Employment and Immigration as her policy advisor on immigration and refugee issues. And then Canada's refugee system had collapsed and it developed a backlog. 
So I was put in charge of clearing the backlog, which was 128,000 refugee claimants from 115 countries. I did that as an assistant deputy chairman of the Immigration and Refugee Board of Canada, which is Canada's largest administrative tribunal. And then I set up a company in 1995, but a media company, but a media company with a difference, a media company that doesn't really do for-profit work. It's a social enterprise, and it's called Chocolate Moose Media. That's M-O-O-S-E, Moose the Animal, not Moose the Dessert. Ah. Chocolate Moose Media. To create, as you said in your introduction, human-centered mass communications to better the human condition. And uh, is Chocolate Moose Media operating today? Oh, absolutely. You can go on to my website, and you can see my work, and you can go on to my Vimeo channel, and download any of my work. There are uh, several thousand videos there, and you're welcome to look at them, download them in any language you want, and use them free of charge. They're on issues like uh, disease prevention, on human rights, uh, children's rights, things like that. That's fascinating. I happened to listen to one this morning. (laughs) Oh, okay. It was fabulous. I mean, very impressive. So I'm Excited. I didn't realize you had such a vast resource there. I'll look forward to going back into it. Yeah, absolutely. You're welcome. Anybody, any of your listeners can go and watch my work. Over 90% of the world's population can go to my Vimeo channel and download and use at least one series in their own language. It's uh, universally accessible, and of course, it's free of charge. So how have you built that up over the years for those? I have built it up because uh, I believe in applying creativity to better the human condition. And that's what I've done over the last 25 years. Let me tell you what creativity is, in my opinion. Creativity is the ability to think differently by a mental process of original thoughts that leads to the creation of new ideas. So who's the most creative person you can think of? In history. For me, it was uh, Leonardo da Vinci. He was an unparalleled creative genius. And Leonardo da Vinci, I think, set the stage for the whole world uh, in history for his creative thoughts that actually have influenced us through the generations right down to today. So creativity is not logical thinking. I go into my book on what creativity is not. Creativity is not a product. The best creative ideas don't come from individuals. Creativity is not what is called brute think, but neither is creativity loneliness. You can do, you can be a very creative thinker uh, with somebody else as well. My whole book is based on trying to get individuals to realize that they are already creative thinkers and then to expand their creative thinking because creativity is a transformational thought process that you can apply to both your professional and your personal life to better your life. Yeah, I did have a question. What what led you going from mass communication on issues throughout the world to writing a book on creativity? Because I want to give back uh, to people. I want people to understand. Now, think about the issues that I've worked with. They're very difficult issues. I mean, the most Recent one that I've worked on actually is I created a video for a client in the U.S. on how to interact with the police in the United States. I've worked recently on COVID-19, both prevention 
and to deal with the stigma felt uh, by COVID-19 healthcare workers. I've worked on rape, on sexual violence, and all kinds of very difficult issues. You need to apply a lot of creativity when you're thinking about these kinds of issues, how you tackle them, and how you get around the barriers that separate us as human beings. You know that we have a lot of we have a lot of barriers to communications that all of us carry around with us in us. So our backgrounds, our beliefs, our culture, our education, our ethnicities, our fears, our genders, our intolerances, nationalism, religion, our stereotypes, our temperament, our values, all of these make up an individual. But I have to get around these barriers to communications when I reach across borders to reach hundreds of millions of people on extremely sensitive issues. And the only way I could do that without creating a storm is in fact applying a lot of creative thinking over the last 25 years. And so I wanted to write a book that put all this down so that people can understand how to get around these barriers, how to speak and write with creativity, and how to expand their creative thinking. It, it doesn't mean that everybody needs to tackle huge global issues. You can use creativity in something as simple as finding your lost keys. It really doesn't matter. It can be a small little thing or it can be a massive global problem. You can still use creativity. Okay, well, great. Well, I'm glad that you wrote the book. We're excited to hear more about it. And just as you said, whether you're a parent struggling on how to solve problems and raising your children or a grandparent of how to become your best, if you will, or you're running a large corporation or you're at the end of the road and you can't figure out what to do. Creativity is so critical. What are some of the barriers to creativity? Well, the biggest barrier, I think, is that people don't understand what creativity is. People think that you creativity is something that some lucky, lucky people are born with, like an ability to paint or write or compose music, that is artistry. Artistry is not the same as creativity. We all apply creativity in our daily lives already. The extent to which we apply creative thinking is what I'm talking about. I believe that all of us are creative human beings. And if you want evidence of this, just think back to your childhood. Did you sing? Did you dance? Did you paint? Did you use your imagination? Of course you did. All children are creative human beings. We lose that ability later on in life to think highly creatively because of the education system and because we then fear peer pressure. We fear in our professional lives, our personal lives, what other people think. Part of creative thinking is the ability to take risk. You must have the ability to absorb risk. You must have the ability to fail. You must embrace risk-taking. And that, I think, is what stops us from being creative thinkers when we're adults, which we all were when we were children, but then we get worried. We get worried about you know, applying our creative thinking because we worry about what other people might think if we fail. And that, I think, is one thing that we need to get over. 
we need to be able to absorb failure and get up and go on once we have failed. And it is in fact creativity, not only that allows you to fail, but in fact will get you going again after you fail. Right. Okay. Well, that was a great answer. You know, in our book, Becoming Your Best, The 12 Principles of Highly Successful Leaders, what we did is we had 40 years of research of what set apart high-performing individuals from all the rest. And what we discovered is that although leaders weren't perfect, none of us were really perfect, we observed that there were 12 things that were typically present for people that were very successful or organizations were very successful. We didn't invent them. We just observed them and have communicated those. That's what we put in the book. But you'd be interested to know that one of the things we've observed over and over and over is that the highly successful individuals uh, were able to innovate consistently through using their imagination. And this is exactly what you're writing about. It's creativity, it's imagination, and this is one of the things that sets people apart from everybody else. Absolutely right. Innovation results from creativity, creative thinking. You can't innovate if you don't apply creative thinking. It's impossible. That is the result of creative thinking. And highly successful individuals, and it really doesn't matter in what field you are in, it really doesn't matter what you're trying to do, whether it's, you know, change the world on a global scale or just make a little impact in your own family. It really doesn't matter the scale of it. You need to apply creative thinking. You need to innovate. And throughout my book, I make the point like you have in your book about the importance of applying creative thinking and having innovation. Give me an example. Almost all the research that has been done on successful couples, couples that have stayed in love for many, many years, it's because they have applied creativity in their relationship. Nothing is static. So they're always thinking of new ways to amuse each other, to support each other, to have a good relationship. So it's just a one-to-one, but you're still applying creative thinking. There isn't a company in this world that hasn't been founded by a creative thinker. There isn't a company in this world that isn't led by a creative thinker. Because if you don't apply creative thinking, that company is going to die. And the best example I always cite is Motorola and Apple. Motorola was the company that first had the mobile phone, the cell phone. Now, where is Motorola today? Nowhere. It's because they in fact, applied the creative thinking at the beginning to come up with a mobile phone, and then they lost uh, the ability to keep applying creative thinking because Apple and Samsung and everybody else obviously came up and they took over the mobile phone space. And Apple is a great example of a company that was founded by a creative thinker or two creative thinkers, and that continues to apply creative thinking uh, all the time. Otherwise, they would be overtaken by somebody else. So whether it's dealing on a one-to-one basis with your spouse or your partner or your children, or whether you're leading a global company, or whether you're dealing, like I do, with major policy issues around the world, you have to apply creative thinking. Excellent. And one of the things I really like that you talked about is everybody – has this basic 
human endowment, if you will, of imagination and creativity. In other yeah. words, they've got it. It's just the stoking it up, right? Absolutely. So it, do some experimentation to expand your mind. I don't know what the most wild idea is you can think of, but you know, I give some examples. I have a problem tying my shoes. My shoelaces never stay on, and this has been going on for many years. Now, there are actually, if you have six holes in your shoes, there are actually more than a trillion ways to mathematically to tie your shoelaces. So next time I tie my shoelaces, I'm going to try a different method. And then the following time, I'm going to try another different method. I quite often wear two different socks. Why do you wear two different socks? Well, it's just to apply your creative thinking. Do you have a pet, Steve? Well, we've had a lot of pets, not now. All right. Give me the name of one of your pets. Yeah, uh, Sadie. There you go. That's a creative name. So you, when you, you applied your creative thinking, when you named your pet, you came up with the name for your pet. And you saw your pet, and I thought, okay, that's a pretty good name for that particular pet. We all apply creative thinking all the time. It's just that we need to expand ourselves, uh, our thinking. We need to understand that creative thinking is the most important element in our lives. For example, LinkedIn, which is a, a platform that looks uh, between employers and employees, they do an annual survey of employers asking them, what is the one factor that you want to find in your employees? And out of every possible answer, the last five years, the top trait that people want in a new employee is creative thinking. Mm -hmm. So the top one in the, in the last five years, uh, it's been proven over and over again. It's not your knowledge. It's not your education. It's not anything else. It is the ability to think creatively, the ability to apply your mind to get through problems, the ability to come up with new innovations, to come up with new products, to come up with new ways of doing things, to come up with new marketing, to come up with new whatever. And the one thing that I think has come out of COVID-19 that might be good is the fact that we have had to, in COVID-19, had to rethink everything. Companies have had to rethink their supply chains, Companies have had to rethink how they reach customers, how they market the customers, how they deliver their products. In individuals, we've had to, if we have school-aged children, we've had to rethink how they're going to learn. We've had to understand how you stay at home and work. Everything has had to be rethought. It has been forced on us this year. So I think that 2020 has seen an explosion of creative thinking that has been forced on us because of COVID-19 and COVID-19 changed uh, our way of doing things. I think that if there is any good that's come out of this year, it is the fact that we now are probably attuned to becoming more creative thinkers. COVID-19 has taught us that we are ultimately one human family that yes, we have all these barriers I talked about earlier, the religion, the culture, and the economic status, and our values, and tribes, and traditions, and so on. But at the end of the day, underneath all that, we are one human family. We are a species. And there are things that go transnationally 
that don't take into account all these other factors that have separated us. We need to come back to this notion of one human family. And I think World War II probably did that when the whole world was engulfed in conflict and then suddenly you realize everything is interconnected because we're one human family. Well, today, COVID-19 has spread to almost every country, if not every country in the world, and has reminded us that we live on this planet all together, despite the differences that we have. Yeah, indeed, that's a great point. And, you know, as I'm just sitting here thinking about our discussion today. In your book, the stakes have probably never been higher for the need for creativity. And whether you have a problem, a personal problem, or professional opportunity, or challenges you're working through, the stakes are so high. So what are some things, and I'm excited to get and read your book for DOS. This will really be helpful. I mean, just think of the value of continuing to hone this skill. So what are some things that you mention in the book and from your experience that helps people really stoke up their creativity and use it? Because, you know, when you have a challenge, sometimes people just get down and they, they get paralyzed. So if they're using this creativity, they've got a way forward. What's your recommendation? My recommendation is the whole book actually is designed, is geared towards answering your question. All uh, 130 pages of it. So I go through what creativity is. Basically, creativity is having an open mind. Creativity is fun. Creativity is expression. Creativity happens all around you. It's what grabs you. It's being different. It's being unusual. And then understanding creativity, what it is, creativity is doing, the requirements for creativity, and then applying your creative thinking so that you can broaden your horizons, understanding that you have limits to what you can do, and then understanding how you become a human-centered person, trusting yourself to apply creativity. And I go through in great detail also what creativity is not, because people misunderstand what creativity is, and and they look at a product and they think that's creativity. Uh, they they think that logical thinking is creativity or or brainstorming is creativity, and none of those things are. I talk about communicating with creativity, how you get around the barriers, and the biggest application of creativity, which is problem solving, and how you find new approaches how creativity leads to the unknown, how you can solve your problems by looking at every angle to a solution, how creativity promotes flexibility and solves the most difficult problems. And then I say, creativity, you are a creative human being. You just need to realize it. You need to expand your thinking. You need to get around the boxes that may may limit the way you think you need to step outside your comfort zone. You need to go to no new places. And you definitely need creativity. You can use creativity at any stage of your life. It doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter how rich or poor you are. You can actually use creativity to design your life, your ideal life. And that's why I call my book 
creativity the key to a remarkable life. So you can use creative thinking, expand your creative thinking to write your own life story from this moment on. <laughs> what a great overview. That's wonderful. Now, what's your experience? Because we've all heard about the role that the right brain plays or the left brain. Do you talk about that at all and creativity? And, and is there anything to that? I do talk about that uh, in it. Creativity is not logical thinking, and that's one of my insights. So I have a the book is designed uh, is broken down into a hundred insights with a hundred takeaways at the end of every insight. And I say that creativity is not logical thinking. The brain is certainly divided into two hemispheres. There's no question: the left side and the right side. Scientists disagree on whether one side can be dominant over the other side, but they do know that different parts of the brain control different types of thinking. So things like analysis are associated with logical thinking, and logical thinking is supposed to be thought of in the left uh, side of the brain. So creativity is, is a different kind of thinking. It is right brain thinking, and closely associated to creative thinking are other right brain thinking processes, especially the two major ones associated with creative thinking, and that's imagination, as you mentioned, and intuition. So those are both right brain thought process. I don't know, I'm not a scientist, I don't know whether <laughs> one side or the other can dominate, but I do know that you probably need both sides in your life. You probably need both logical thinking and you need the creative side. Being aware of that, uh, Firdos, have you found a way to get into that right side more? Oh, absolutely. I do exercises all the time to expand my creative thinking whenever I go out, whenever I look around. Let me give an example. You have, might be taking photographs of uh, somebody you have a spouse or your children or whatever, you want to take a photograph of that person. Okay, take the normal photograph you would normally do. Put the person in front of whatever you want and take that photograph. Then apply creative thinking to expand your mind. So how would you do that? In that example, I would say zoom in and take a picture, a photo of just their eyes or just their nose or just their ears or zoom out and put them very far away, or go and get something funny for them to hold. Go and get a toilet brush and tell your child, hold up this toilet brush. <laughs> and that's creative thinking. That's having fun. That's you know getting out of normality. That's applying your creative thinking, and you'll do so and have a lot of fun, and you'll get something unique that you haven't done before. And that's a great application of creative thinking. Well, this has been a lot of fun today. We're at the end of our show. The uh, time has flown by. Uh, any final tips you'd like to leave with our listeners today, Ferdos? Well, Steve, I uh, want to thank you, first, uh, for having me on your show. And secondly, I want to assure your listeners, every single one of you can become a greater creative thinker than you already are, except that you have creativity innately in you. You were a creative person when you were a child. Now is the time to change your thinking, expand your thinking, have a transformational moment in your life, and become a more creative thinker. 
you will be rewarded throughout your life by becoming a more creative thinker. You will reach success no matter how you define that success, and you will lead a remarkable life. Okay, now that is great advice. And as I mentioned earlier, this is one of the 12 principles of highly successful leaders of becoming your best. And Ferdos is right on. I mean, this makes such a difference. And I'm so excited to hear about this resource that he's providing, that he's provided to the world. So how can people find out about what you're doing? Well, they can uh, order the book on Amazon or any other platform online. Uh, it's called Creativity, the Key to a Remarkable Life. They can also go to my website to see my work and to order the book. If you go to Chalk Moose, it's short for Chocolate Moose Media. If you order the book there, you pay the same as you do on any other site, and you get a personally signed copy of the book from me. Uh, if you want to see my animations and want to download them and use them, go to my Vimeo channel, uh, and you can see and use anything free of charge. We don't even ask for your email address or anything like that. Uh, if it's helpful for you, uh, please download it and use it. And I intend to keep going on my work, and, and new things will be added all the time. Uh, I have no intention of stopping. As long as I'm able physically to work, I intend to do that. So look for new things as they pop up. Thanks very much, Steve, for having me on your show today. Oh, you bet. Well, thank you, Ferdos. And Ferdos has done a great job. Congratulations on being such a positive impact in the entire world and making a difference. That's inspiring. We appreciate your efforts, uh, Ferdos. Thanks very much, Steve. I appreciate that, too. And those things come about because you I applied creative thinking and you and all your listeners can do exactly the same. Okay. And by the way, for the record, it's for dose. That's how we say it, right? <laughs> that is how you say it, but I answer to any permutation. <laughs> Believe me, I get a lot of them. Well, great. It's been a lot of fun. We honor our listeners. They are such an inspiration to us. We appreciate their creativity, their innovation, their efforts to keep moving the bar up. And we wish every single one of you the very best. And may this uh, be a great day for you. This is Steve Schallenberger with Becoming Your Best Global Leadership, wishing you a great day. Thank you for listening. Would you like help to apply the 12 principles of highly successful leaders in your life? in your family, or in your organization, call us today at 888-690-8764 to speak with a helpful representative to evaluate your situation and how we can help. Or you can visit becomingyourbest.com. Whether it's a corporate training event, keynote, workshop, trainer certification, or personal coaching, it would be our pleasure to serve your needs. Once again, call 888-690-8764 or visit becomingyourbest.com today.